Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruising If I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have As we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler. If you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go. Cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Q, and I'm flying solo this episode. Uh, what we're finding is that Tommy and I are incredibly busy these days, and uh, finding an hour and a half uh, to dedicate to recording weekly uh, has been difficult, uh, but it's something we'll manage. You know, we signed up for it, so uh, it's something we need to sort out on our side. Um, and we'll get we'll get into a rhythm, I'm sure. But in the meantime, thank you for your your understanding and uh, and your patience as we as we work through uh, you know the next the next uh, chapter of of always be booked. Uh, Tommy's working long nights in Atlantic City, uh, and I'm working uh, long days. And what doesn't work is is that uh, we're on opposite schedules, uh, so. When I'm ready to uh, to go to bed and get up at 5 a.m. the next day, you know, Tommy's just getting, uh, or not even getting back to his uh, his uh, well his hotel room that is his home uh, for now while he's in Atlantic City. Uh, I started a new job, same company, new uh, opportunity at uh, I work for L'Oreal. Uh, consumer goods uh, company that I think many of you know. Uh, what you may not know is that we own f- over 40 different uh, consumer brands. Uh, and so I've spent uh, the last five years working in product development uh, for them. I, my background is in engineering. And I now have the opportunity to shift gears and uh, I've moved into a new uh, role in sourcing direct sourcing and my domains are uh, packaging components and subcontracting services. So, uh, you know, anything related to the quotation, the business uh, uh, management, uh, supplier management piece, um, you know, it all, it all flows through uh, sourcing. So it's something very new uh, to me. As I mentioned, I I was more on the, uh, you know, project, based uh, work, uh, project management for the most part. Uh, And now this is a new opportunity um, at the same company, but uh, I'm excited for it. What it means is that the last two weeks have been, uh, have been a lot and I'm working through the, the, the new, you know, day to day expectations as well as onboarding uh, to a new function, a new department, uh, a new metier. So I've worked in, uh, like I said, many different uh, 
brands, uh, some skincare brands, one uh, makeup brand, and and now this is in uh, hair care. So I have the opportunity to really continue uh, working on uh, a diverse, uh, you know, range of of brands and products, and I, uh, you know, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for me. Um, unfortunately, it may mean less cruises. <laughs> you know that that's uh, that's always something that's in my equation when I when I decide to do uh, to do new things. And, and this uh, this was definitely considered when I when I uh, said yes to this job. But hey, it is what it is. I'm in my 20s. I have to. I have to put work first, I guess, sometimes. And uh, if it means I have to go on, you know, six to eight cruises a year, uh, I'll compromise. I, I, I'm fine with it. It is, So be it. I mean, I, I'd rather focus on, on work and, and, uh, and make sure I can cruise post-retirement. Uh, <laughs> if, if my generation can ever retire, which is what I'm concerned about. But anyway... I'm on I'm on the right path and uh and like I said I'm I'm navigating the new job and it's actually the busiest two weeks of the year. We're setting the budget for twenty twenty four. And naturally I joined uh the team at you know during these two weeks. So hey, it is what it is. I uh I've gotten thrown into to the work and that's what happens with new jobs sometimes and sometimes I guess uh you know that's that's the best way to learn is getting thrown into something new and being forced to, to uh, react quickly and, and really just dive in. Um, and so that's what I'm doing. But you're not here to listen to me talk about uh, my personal uh, personal life. And I, I just wanted to paint the picture for you. You know, we're, Tommy and I are really busy and, and working through, uh, you know, some personal stuff. So uh, if this, uh, you know, sometimes the the cruise cast has to take a, a back seat and um but we're committed to it and we'll make it work eventually i want to go back to a story that we already discussed uh recently and that is cruising uh or cruise ships uh visiting bar harbor uh now what i found was actually very interesting so i'm i'm really excited to share some of this info with you um for those that aren't aware, and maybe just to recap our discussion last time, the locals, uh, the, the po- local population, local community of Bar Harbor uh, voted on uh, something that would uh, limit cruise passenger visits um, to Bar Harbor. So it was voted on at the you know town level um I think it was supported by 58% of the residents. So a majority of residents uh, were in favor of reducing cruise visitations uh, to a thousand passengers a day. Uh, So that's what, that's what was voted on. Um, So, I mean, those of us who cruise know uh, that, you know, that's a, a little discouraging and, in reality, I don't know what you know. Which ships can actually visit Bar Harbor when you start talking about a, a thousand passengers uh, per day, and that's per day, by the way, not per vessel. Uh, so, in other words, 
and I've done it. I've done the cruise, uh, Canada cruise many times, Canada, New England cruise. And many times you're docked, uh, well, you're tendering actually in Bar Harbor, but you're visiting Bar Harbor with another ship, maybe a smaller, more, uh, you know, expedition type uh, or, or, or luxury, smaller uh, vessel uh, is there with you. And so you can imagine when you have a Norwegian breakaway class ship, uh, for example, uh, next to, you know, a Silver Sea, uh, you're, you're going to have more than a thousand passengers, right? I mean, and how do you determine who can go? That's not going to happen. I, the, these ships are not going to, to actually stop in Bar Harbor. I don't see it happening. I mean, the smaller ships, maybe if they're there alone, but, uh, but the breakaway class ship, uh, you know, play bingo for your spot to get on the tender tomorrow. I mean, I, I just don't know how that plays out. It, it logistically, it'd be a nightmare and it would only set things up to disappoint passengers. And so I see them canceling Bar Harbor altogether and just avoiding the logistical nightmare that is uh, only allowing a thousand uh, passengers uh, off in Bar Harbor. And by the way, that doesn't just include paid guests. That includes crew members uh, as well. And so we'll get into the details, but uh, they could face fines if they're found to uh, disembark more than a thousand uh, uh, passengers, as well as, uh, you know, the, the harbor master has, has an has a role to play there that the tender companies have a role to play there uh, because then it becomes a discussion uh, or, or, you know, uh, a surveillance of how many got off of silver sea versus how many passengers disembarked the breakaway. Uh, oh, there's only uh, 800 guests on the silver sea. So uh, 200 can get off the breakaway, for example. Right. So, uh, they start talking about, you know, if, if this is the rule of law, who's responsible for enforcing it? What does that look like? Uh, who is, uh, who would be liable uh, when it's, it's not followed or held responsible when, uh, when the law is not followed? And to go a step further, I'm reading articles that say, if a party is fined, you know, for for not uh, for for breaking this rule or law. Uh, those fines have to go back to support cruising, which is interesting. They say, you know, whatever fines that would be imposed in that in that situation, let's say eleven hundred passengers were disembarked. Uh, you have to work through who's responsible. And I think in this case, they did say it was the tender company uh, that has to count the number of people they're bringing ashore. Um, in a way, it's a tender port and it makes it easier, right? If you think about it, uh, you can easily count who gets on the tender, who gets off the tender. You have a lot of opportunities to uh, really monitor how many uh, passengers uh, are arriving in Bar Harbor. But that said, let's say they, they, they accidentally disembark 1,100 passengers. Whatever fines that are imposed on that party 
uh, have to go towards expenses like the Harbor Masters fuel, boat fuel, or streetscapes, or sidewalks, or maintenance of the vessels that are, you know, carrying these passengers. So, what what's been made clear is that the the whatever fees that are imposed uh, as a result of, and maybe there, you know, maybe this will be unconstitutional. For example, it's still in court. Maybe that's something I should have mentioned in the beginning. Uh, this is uh, still very much an active uh, trial or uh, case, I should say, because the trial portion has concluded in mid-July, and so now they're in, uh, you know, they're in this phase of post-trial briefing uh, that they, you know, that that that's what it's called is a post-trial briefing, and it could take several months before the judge actually makes a decision in the case. Uh, but in terms of calling witnesses, presenting evidence, uh, and the, the actual trial um, uh, has has completed. Uh, actually, it was, I think, a two- or three-day trial. Uh, so that's completed, but the result of this proposal or this case is still unknown, and so it's something we can continue to monitor. Um, but anyway, going back to the fees, you know, they're meant to be, uh, they're meant to, to go back and support uh, cruising, actually. So that's, I guess, uh, something important to, to highlight. Uh, the other thing that I found interesting is that uh, they're looking at the data of passengers or what they call passenger days. Uh, and by passenger days, uh, they mean w- the number of passengers, singular passengers, being in the port for one day. So uh, it's a sum, basically, of, of uh, it's a total sum of the number of people that have visited a particular port across the season. And so for Bar Harbor, if we just take a look at uh, 2022, had 135 ship visits and contributing to a total passenger day of 238,620. Which, by the way, if you look at uh, Maine as a whole for 2022, let's talk in whole numbers, 454,000 passengers. And uh, of that 454,000, Bar Harbor... uh, represents 239,000 of it. So uh, actually, when you look at the list of uh, main ship, uh, cruise ship ports, Bar Harbor is uh, is by far ahead in terms of number of passengers visiting. And, and uh, second, uh, the second highest being Portland at 182,000 passenger days in, in uh, 2022. Looking ahead to 2023, Maine is expecting an estimated uh, 454,000 passenger days from 379 total ship visits uh, between April and November. So we're already in in that. So I assume that uh, the data they have so far has informed that number. Um, So what does that say? That says, uh, 
2023, Maine is expecting an estimated 454,000 passenger days from a total of 379 ships uh, that will visit Maine between April and November. Uh, And so we're very much in that now being August. So I'm sure the data, uh, you know, the, the number of passengers visiting to date has uh, informed those informed that data. Uh, but uh, what's interesting is that this is a slight increase over 2022, uh, which had about uh, actually, which had uh, precisely 360 ship visits with about 450,000 passengers. So uh, slightly up from 2022. I think it's something we'd expect uh, given the, the cruise, uh, well, we're very much in the cruise restart phase, but uh, when we talk about uh, year over year, I'd expect there to be more tra- uh, cruise travelers, cruise passengers in 2023 versus 22. Um, and if we just take a look at the projection for 2023, uh, Bar Harbor is by far the most visited port in terms of cruise ships uh, and passengers uh, in Maine. We're looking at just specifically of the main ports, uh, with second being Portland, Maine. So, uh, of the 454,000 passengers that are expected to visit uh, Maine in 2023, and by the way, passenger days means one passenger being in a main port for one day. So, that passenger that visits Portland, Maine, that goes on to visit Bar Harbor, Maine, they're double counted, right? They're counted for Portland and they're counted for Bar Harbor, uh, contributing you know, to the, the total sum of 454,000. So I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, but specifically on Bar Harbor, 239,000 uh, passengers expected in 2023. Uh, so, I mean, more than 50% of the total sum for Maine uh, is a result of uh, the passengers in Bar Harbor. Um, So it's, uh, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly a hot topic because when you start talking about limiting to a thousand passengers per day, uh, yeah, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening at all. I think uh, it's, it's going to be very difficult to do that, especially with the demand and the cruises sold, you know, already into next year, right? 2024, maybe even 2025. I'd have to, to look at what uh, cruises are, are live and bookable online. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. This is a very important, you know, very important topic uh, because it will really determine the Canada and New England uh, cruising and, uh, you know, for beyond. Uh, I see it as they'll just cancel Bar Harbor and they'll go to Newport, Portland, uh, St. John, Halifax, you know, there's plenty of other ports that are, will gladly uh, welcome cruise ships. Uh, And so if Bar Harbor doesn't want to be considered and on that list, then so be it. I think they knew that when they proposed a thousand, you know, when they arrived at this thousand passenger number, you know, they must have realized these ships hold upwards of 5,000 guests. Okay. So 
how does that play out? I, I just don't understand the, the rationale here. I think they're just pretty much saying we want your small ships. We don't want these massive uh, cruise ships. And then when they pick a, you know, a number like 1000, that's what it does. It prevents the large ships from visiting Bar Harbor. And that's my opinion. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know for sure what that would look like. Uh, if the court does rule that this is constitutional and Bar Harbor has a right to determine who visits via interstate commerce, uh, then we'll, we'll have to see what that looks like. Uh, going back to the case itself, I think everyone's aware, but what this is is a group of businesses are um, – represented by APPLL, and they're pushing back and, and really fighting against the, the population vote, um, the 58%, uh, you know, the vote. Uh, so you've got a group of businesses that are basically, uh, you know, challenging the government, the local uh, Bar Harbor government in this case. Over the course of a few days, we had, they saw testimony of, of different business owners. Um, they heard testimony of uh, some people, uh, so, some that work on cruise ships or work with cruise ships. Uh, what was interesting here is that Adam Goldstein, I think some of you have heard his name, Adam Goldstein, a former employee of Royal Caribbean, uh, including <laughs> being president and CEO, actually uh, testified in the case. So he was uh, uh, testifying um, that, uh, you know, basically saying how important Bar Harbor is to our Canada, you know, to the Canada New England uh, itinerary. And uh, in his words, not mine. He says, in the Canada, New England context, Bar Harbor is a marquee port. Okay, so it's very, uh, very important is what he's saying. So um, I just thought that was interesting. You know, you, you hear about um, you hear about this issue, but it really is uh, gaining attention. And, and you've got people uh, like, uh, like Goldstein involved. So that was interesting. Uh, in the case, they also heard expert testimony uh, from an economist. So I guess there was a study done um, by the University of Maine. A group, uh, a professor and a group of students had conducted a study in Bar Harbor, and uh, it involved uh, cruise passengers filling out a short survey before returning back to their cruise ship. Uh, and the study showed that 79% of cruise ship passengers went to restaurants, bars, or shops in town, uh, and they went to between one and four establishments during their visit. Not surprising, right? But in a court case like this, uh, any data that you have to substantiate the impact that cruise passengers have uh, in the economy is important. And so this is what this, uh, this survey did. Uh, it showed that the average passenger spent roughly $108 in Bar Harbor, 25 of it going to food and drink, 14 of it going to clothing, and 11 uh, or $12 going to souvenirs. 
Uh, so anyway, they've they've then they then worked out the numbers uh, for total labor income and uh, total economic impact, and so it's significant. And that's the point of of these businesses uh, challenging, you know, this vote because it'll have a substantial impact to their business, you know, personally, but also uh, to the economy in Bar Harbor. Um, you know, the locals then testified. Uh, sharing, you know, that it's, it's, uh, preventing them from visiting the downtown area. Uh, it does affect their lifestyle, uh, because, you know, there's, a uh, someone who testified here that said, basically, um, you know, I won't go to town if I don't have to. Uh, and I prefer not to when I, when there are cruise ships, uh, cruise ships visiting port. So, um, only necessity will bring me downtown is what he says. Uh, this, uh, gentleman, Libby, uh, Libby, um, uh, was a, is a, is, or I should say is a local attorney and, uh, the warrant committee chair, um, I believe on the town council. So, uh, him, uh, along, and he was joined by, uh, many other, uh, witnesses, including the former Bar Harbor police chief. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so they, they were offering their point of view, uh, saying, you know, really what, uh, what, what cruise ships do to complicate their life, uh, lifestyle, um, in Bar Harbor. And so what was interesting is you had these few people, um, testify and, uh, the judge actually prevented them from uh, intr- uh, from introducing additional witnesses. There were several other witnesses that were to be uh, to, that were to testify, and the judge had said basically that he felt the the witnesses that had already testified gave very similar testimonies, and that he would not allow, uh, or in this case, he dismissed the remaining witnesses uh, because he felt that it was clear and that, uh, and that the witnesses would just offer very similar testimonies. So, so that was interesting. So yeah, um, that's, that's where we're at with Bar Harbor. They're now in this, uh, you know, post-trial brief uh, briefing period before they come back and, uh, and reach a decision. Um, It was really interesting to look at, uh, to look at the synopsis from the, from the trial itself. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I I have no way of predicting this. I mean, you could make the argument on either side that, you know, 58% of the population has a right to, uh, to monitor and allow uh, visitors. Um, You know, is it within their right to be able to freely, uh, navigate town without traffic. Uh, you know, is it within their right to basically, you know, decide who and who can and cannot visit their town? Um, or is it the right of, uh, you know, the businesses to, 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 to profit from interstate commerce, which is federally, um, which it would be under uh, the federal uh, um, guidance. Interstate commerce is not something local. It's something that the, 
is monitored and, and uh, at a federal level. So that's basically the case they're making. So you can see it play out. I could see it play out uh, one of two ways, right? Obviously. And that's what will happen. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. And while we're on the topic of Bar Harbor and Canada and New England, uh, I've been spending some time preparing for my upcoming sailing uh, Labor Day week on the Norwegian Escape to Canada and New England. Uh, I f So I can spend some time uh, discussing the ports and what I plan to do, uh, mostly because it's top of mind, uh, but also it may be uh, helpful to some of, of you uh, who are considering visiting uh, or have trips planned uh, to visit uh, Canada and New England. I grew up in Rhode Island. Uh, I'm no uh, I'm no foreigner to the New England area. I have family in Maine. Um, I grew up visiting places like New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, Massachusetts. Uh, so uh, it's an area of the world that I really enjoy. It feels like home to me. And it's great that I can combine my love of cruising uh, with this sense of, of returning home, um, because it really does make for a great trip. Last year, I did three uh, sailings to Canada and New England. This year, I only have one booked now uh, for this season. I can see myself booking another one. Uh, the rates seem to be improving, uh, which is a great thing. Uh, for for the cruiser, so uh, I will monitor the the uh, the rates and and perhaps I'll be on more than one this year. Uh, but this this particular cruise leaves New York and returns to New York, and the Escape is doing many of these back to back uh, a seven day round trip New York uh, cruises to Canada and New England. Um, it visits uh, well. This is interesting because my itinerary changed a few days ago. It, the first day, the, the Monday, we were meant to be at sea, uh, and they replaced the sea day with Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, it's interesting to me because I often see itinerary changes uh, to be either equal. In other words, the number of ports are equal after the change, than they were, um, you know, before, uh, or they actually reduce the number of stops. I've never seen an itinerary change. And this is my experience, but I'm sure there are plenty of examples of it, uh, including this one. I've never seen a change that resulted in an added stop. I don't know what that means in terms of the port fees. I'm sure it's in the fine print that says, you know, we have the right to change or, uh, you know, update your port fees uh, on board. So maybe I'll get on board and have the added port fees for Newport. Uh, but this, uh, anyway, this change resulted in adding a port to the itinerary, and in this case, Newport, Rhode Island. Um, I'll just give you the the full the full overview, and then we can dive into some of the ports. Uh, the next day, it'll be it'll be uh, Portland, Maine, followed by. On Wednesday, Bar Harbor, Maine. On Thursday, St. John, uh, Bay of Fundy, uh, New Brunswick, Canada. Friday, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Saturday at sea, 
back to New York Sunday morning. Of course, in Newport, given that I grew up in Rhode Island and still have family that live in Newport, I will be on board waving to them from a jacuzzi uh, or hot tub, however you want to call it. Uh, I will not be getting off in Newport. Um, I will leave that to everyone else uh, to get off, and I will enjoy an empty escape. I'm looking very forward to that, actually. Uh, What I'm not looking forward to is I believe we have to pay uh, taxes on the drinks consumed on board while we're docked or, well, we're not going to be docked. It's a tender port in Newport, but uh, while we're floating uh, nearby, I believe there will be a tax assessment on any drinks consumed um, with the drink package. So I was not looking forward to paying taxes on the many drinks that I plan to consume that day. <laughs> but, uh, but I am looking forward to now an empty ship. So hopefully that, uh, that will be the case. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I think it's, it's something that uh, is worth doing. If I didn't live you know, and grow up in Rhode Island, I would be getting off. I think it's a, an awesome opportunity uh, for the passengers to disembark and explore Newport. I think to most, and I gather from the Facebook uh, commentary on the fa- on the Facebook group for this particular sailing, that it's a good change. People are actually excited about this itinerary change. Um, I'm in the minority in this case, and I. Uh, I had preferred to be at sea, but I will, uh, I, like I said, I'll gladly take an empty pool deck. Hopefully that will be the case. Uh, and I can, uh, I can enjoy uh, a few drinks uh, on the pool deck. There are many uh, opportunities and excursions in Newport. Uh, for those that have never been, you know, I always recommend trying the local uh, you know, cuisine, there's a lot of great restaurants in Newport and bars to enjoy. Hopefully it's a nice day out and you can take a stroll on the cobblestone, uh, you know, roads of Newport. And I've, uh, I've spent many a late night in Newport partying with my cousins and, uh, there are no lack of restaurants and bars to enjoy. There's also the, uh, cliff walk, uh, which is a beautiful uh, thing to do. It's something I actually still do when I visit Newport. Um, it's something you, you don't get uh, you don't get tired of doing. And so it's a basically a, the cliff walk is this shore you know shoreline path uh, near the ocean that will bring you um, by some of the you know mansions and such in Newport. And it really is a great, uh, great walk, and um, a lot of great pictures to take, and and uh, and so that's always something that people do in Newport, as well as visit some of these mansions. So there, there are uh, many of them are owned by you know museums or uh, historical society equivalents, and and they are open for public. Uh, visitation and you can pay you know whatever an entrance fee and you go in and you look at uh and 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 enjoy the uh mansions of long ago and it's amazing that these are these were i should say beach houses 
you know, the Vanderbilts, uh, you know, the, the, the Vanderbilts of, of the day, uh, everybody had a beach house in Newport and by beach house, we're talking 20, 20 rooms, uh, 20 rooms, uh, you know, 20 bathrooms, uh, or more 30 bathrooms probably. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Um, but, but yeah, that's, uh, I wasn't born in the, in, in the right family, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, there's plenty, uh, plenty to do in Newport. Um, moving on to Portland, Maine, Portland, Maine is really a great place to visit. And, uh, I would say that they're even more trendy when it comes to restaurants and bars and some of the unique offerings they have. It's not always about, uh, going to Portland and getting a lobster roll and sitting by the water. There's so much more that Portland offers, and uh, what I choose to do in Portland is drink. <laughs> so I will be at all of the breweries in Portland, uh, and there are tons. I mean, tons. I've been to many of them, and uh, just doing my annual trip prep, I found a few more, a few new ones that I have never been to before. And so, uh, so yeah, I will be spending the day visiting some that I've visited before and also exploring new ones. Uh, there are a lot of great restaurants too in Portland. Um, you know, I could list dozens and I won't because really you can't go wrong that if there's a restaurant in Portland and it's, uh, it exists, then it's probably good. And there's some unique, uh, Unique foods that you can get in Portland. Of course, you can get oysters. And if you're an oyster fan, you have to do yourself a favor and get oysters. Um, and a lobster roll. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy a lobster roll too. But there's plenty of other uh, offerings. Uh, the Thai restaurants, uh, Mexican restaurants, uh, Italian. You know, there's there are a lot of great places to visit in Portland. Um, if you want something, uh, you know, different. Uh, than the oysters and, and lobster. They also have potato donuts in uh, in Portland. To me, I didn't really necessarily enjoy them. People were raving about them. I stood in line for a longer than desired uh, time and tried the potato donuts. Um, but that's right down uh, within walking distance of the of the terminal, the ship terminal. So. Uh, it's something to do. You've never had them uh, before. There's also a great place, um, uh, Novare, uh, and it doesn't open until 4 p.m., which is really disappointing. But I always end my day in Portland by visiting this Novare uh, beer cafe. And I've never been to a bar that has this kind of beer offering between their draft list and their bottle list it's insane it's hundreds i think they have hundreds i mean it's a double-sided menu uh and it's an oversized menu and it's in like size nine font and it's covered so there are so many offerings uh at novare I'm, i always go there that's it's, it's kind of cool they have these what they call tubes um, which is just beer foam in a in a tall, s small diameter glass. And uh, I guess, I think it's a Czech thing. 
uh, I have to look back at the history, but it was meant for uh, many, many, many years ago, right? Uh, we're talking maybe over a hundred years ago uh, meant for, um, I think for women to, to drink beer with, with the men uh, because it was really just the beer foam uh, wasn't the full, uh, the full experience. Um, but what it, what it means today is that you go in and order, uh, order them as shots. <laughs> so uh, it was presented to me the first time I went to Novaria's if you're, if you feel like you're falling behind versus your friends, order some of these and you'll, and you can easily catch up. So they have a light and a dark, you know, so it's obviously a dark, uh, dark beer and, and then a, a, a light ale. So, uh, you know, it, it's always a great time. I think they're $2. And so usually the locals will spend time going back and forth, buying rounds of uh, tubes. So I always enjoy a few of those. Um, yeah, I won't go into all of the details in Portland, but as I mentioned, there are a ton of great places, uh, to visit a lot of great breweries, shipyard brewing co is there, right? So everybody knows, uh, I think everyone knows of, of shipyard, at least if you're in the Northeast, you've heard of shipyard. And so that's a great place to visit. Uh, there's a lot of cool local dive bars also to visit, uh, Rosie's is a little rough around the edges, but I love it. Dock four. It's a dive bar with jello shots. Actually dock four. They have a, a key lime pie jello shot. That'll just really. Yeah, it does wonders. It, they have a graham cracker crust and whipped cream. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, when I go with friends, we will buy dozens at a time. It's, it's just a fun time at dock four. Uh, also, uh, going to uh, $3 Dewey's is fun. Uh, it's another dive bar, $3 Dewey's. And allegedly, it was a men's club uh, um, before it was a bar. And, and so, anyway, I'll save that story for, for uh, uh, another time. And so, I think, the, uh, I think uh, Dewey's was established in 1980. In the 1980s, um, and so apparently they found a slip in the basement that said uh, one dollar looky, two dollar feely, three dollar dewy. So anyway, there's your uh, story time for today, and <laughs> now you know you know why it's named uh, three dollar Dewey's. Okay, so Ryan goes there sometimes uh, in Portland. <laughs> It's always a fun time in Portland. It really is. And the people are great. Um, you never feel, uh, you know, you never feel uh, this divide between the locals and, and tourists. It's always a great time. And I always board uh, back on the ship. Uh, definitely after a long pub crawl feeling, uh, feeling tired and tipsy. And uh, I always, I always really look forward to Portland. It's a highlight of this cruise. Bar Harbor, uh, aside from all of the drama in Bar Harbor, there are a few <laughs> great places to visit. Uh, I recommend Bar Harbor as the place to really enjoy your lobster roll. And I tend to actually order a lobster roll in every port. Uh, I have a few places that I enjoy uh, 
visiting and um and they all kind of make it in their own unique way uh but in bar harbor there's a few places like the bar harbor lobster company uh, peaky toe provisions um, and the independent cafe those are all great options to get a lobster roll cold or or hot so cold with the mayonnaise or hot with the uh, hot butter um they're going to be cheaper than, or I shouldn't say cheaper, more affordable than your uh, establishments down by the where the tender drops you off in Bar Harbor. They, those places really, and there's a time and place, and, and those people are needed right there by the port, but uh, they're very expensive there. And they take, in my opinion, they take advantage of, uh, of those passengers that may have mobility issues and can't walk really far into town. So that's their opportunity to try a lobster roll and fine. They're good. Uh, They're just very expensive in my opinion. And so I tend to walk up the, uh, up the hill uh, more into town to, to enjoy a lobster roll. Uh, There are also a lot of uh, great bars to, uh, to visit here as well. Now you're getting you're getting an a inside look at how Ryan travels uh, or how Ryan cruises. <laughs> Where are all the local breweries? Uh, that's pretty much the question I ask. Uh, so there's a place called Bar Harbor Beer Works, which is great. Um, the Dog and Pony Tavern, uh, Fogtown Brewery is a brewery in town. It's a small, smaller brewery, but a great place to visit uh, for a craft beer as well as Atlantic Brewing, which to me is much bigger scaled, uh, scaled version than, uh, than Fogtown, but Atlantic Brewing is great too. They've got a really beautiful uh, tap room, and I think, believe they have a rooftop as well. I always tend to sit at the bar and, and, and uh, get a feel for what, what's good on, the, on, on tap, but I know they have, a, yeah, they have a rooftop, and I believe they have food, too. A big store, too. You can buy six-packs to go. So it's a pretty um, established brewery in, uh, in Maine. Uh, moving on to St. John's uh, or St. John. Uh, I've done a lot in St. John, but for the most part, um, you know, it's another place to grab uh, lunch and um, and maybe a beer or two as well. There's a lot of great pubs and breweries that are within walking distance of the ship as well in St. John. Um, I've done a few excursions here in St. John, uh, like going to the market and trying uh, the different food uh, options that maybe you never heard of. It's always great to go to the market uh, area. It's an indoor market reminds you of uh you know of other markets in the in the in the states uh like uh in philly or in boston and so uh they have this seaweed uh blt uh so besides drinking in bar harbor there are a lot of other outdoor uh activities that you can take part of um like acadia national park if you've never been i recommend it it's something that you can do as a half day and then you can enjoy you know the downtown area maybe before or after so you can really make a full day in bar harbor acadia is a great place to visit um you know cadillac mountain uh 
I don't know if you have time to do the full hike or if you've packed enough, uh, you know, packed your hiking materials, but um, there are plenty of tours that will bring you to the top of Cadillac Mountain and you can really admire the, the look from the, from the summit. And it is a really great uh, experience up there and to see your ship off in the distance. And it, it's just, you feel one with nature, you know, on Cadillac Mountain and, and really everywhere in, in the national park. I took uh, one of the tours that Norwegian offers, and I assume other cruise lines do as well, uh, is an intimate look at Acadia National Park. And it was a 12-person um, van or minibus uh, experience, and, and it brought us to all of the things you want to see in Acadia National Park. Um, but it offered you access, uh, you know, exclusive access uh, with a guide. You know, you're one of 12. So you had the opportunity to really ask the questions you wanted to ask. Uh, she got us to play. And I forgot my tour guide's name. I apologize. But she brought us really to these areas where the bigger buses couldn't go, um, which was cool. We did the whole circle loop road. I think it's called the loop road. And so we saw really all of the, the national uh, the national park. So that was really cool. There's other opportunities uh, to stay outdoors as well. There's a shore path, not far from where you're dropped off after tendering. And you can take about a half mile. It's a half mile walk down the shore and it leaves you on the other end of the, of the path actually leaves you further into down in the downtown area. So if you wanted to get off the ship in the morning and start with a nice walk to get you uh to wake you up, you know, you could do the shore path and then it drops you right off in town and then you can work your way back towards the ship. So that's really a fun, a fun thing to do as well. Tommy, this is where I want you to go back to St. John. So in the market, it's called, uh, yeah, there's a place that has a dulce lettuce and tomato sandwich. Dulce is a dried out, uh, seaweed and the saltiness of it is there what they say you know replaces the bacon pretty well i tried it wasn't for me i'll be honest with you people were going crazy over it though they were buying the buying it in bags this dulce and it's just dried seaweed i mean i i didn't really understand the whole draw to it but uh when in saint john you know you try it it's something you have to try apparently so St. John is also home to Moosehead Brewing, uh, Moosehead Brewery, uh, and so you can always book a tour there. I believe there's excursions that visit the brewery. They're super expensive, obviously. Uh, you can get off and just call an Uber to Moosehead. You can go to their tap room without needing a tour, uh, enjoy a few beers, and, and go back to the ship, or you can book a tour online on their website. Um, so that's what I'll be doing this trip. I've never been as many times as I've been to St. John and as much as I enjoy drinking beer, I've not been to Moosehead, uh, Moosehead Taproom. So I will be there this trip. Uh, there are plenty of other places, uh, a lot of bars and restaurants also to visit. There is a place that I really enjoy and I unfortunately won't be able to go because we're leaving, um, we're leaving, I believe, yeah, at 4.15 p.m., and it doesn't open until 5, no, 4, according to my notes. And uh, it's called Hopscotch Whiskey Bar, and it's a really kind of swanky whiskey lounge uh, with seats for 10. I think 10 or 10 or 12 people can really fit in the place. 
Uh, it's that dark vibe, wood, you know, wooden uh, accents. And I love whiskey uh, too. And it's a great place to really sit down, enjoy a really good old fashioned. They've got a Canadian old fashioned and, and Canadian Manhattans. Uh, of course, they all feature the maple syrup that they pride themselves on. So uh, if you're in port later than 4 p.m., uh, give Hopscotch Whiskey Bar a try. Tim Hortons is also a great place. If you're more into the cof- uh, coffee atmosphere, Tim Hortons is a great place to visit. It's a chain, but I enjoy it. I love their maple, uh, maple frosted donuts. <laughs> Maybe I enjoy a few too many of them. Uh, but I really miss Tim Hortons. It used to be, uh, I I actually grew up with Tim Hortons when they really went after the U.S. market, and I guess it kind of failed. I think there was still one in Times Square, uh, but there were Tim Hortons scattered around New England, and uh, they really wanted to make a name for themselves in the U.S. didn't quite work out, and so you saw the the mass exodus of Tim Hortons back to Canada. And so any opportunity I have, uh, including uh, this cruise, I will be at Tim Hortons uh, to enjoy a coffee and a maple donut. There's also a container village near the port area that's great, and especially uh, for people that have mobility issues uh, or maybe limited time and you don't, you don't want to go far into port. Uh, there's this container village right in the port area. And it's a good representation of the local businesses and uh, and such. Um, there's stores, there's uh, snacks and dessert places. There's a few uh, food trucks. I think there's a taco uh, food truck that was uh, I, that I had uh, enjoyed before. And and beaver tails. There's a beaver tail truck there as well. And so that's something that if you're visiting Canada, you're meant to have a beaver tail, which is in my opinion, a fried dough <laughs> or a, or a dough boy in which is what we call them in Rhode Island. Uh, so it's like a fried dough and they've got different things, right? You can get the Nutella, you can get the brown sugar. Anyway, you get the, you get the point. Uh, moving on to Halifax, the last stop on this cruise and sorry if I'm boring you, but, uh, I think uh, for those that are really interested in learning more about Canada, this will really give you an overview of what there is to see. Um, and Halifax is no different. There's plenty of things to see. Uh, this is where you have your Titanic uh, cemetery. This is where you have um, Peggy's Cove, where you can really take a day trip out to Peggy's Cove, which if you, I mean, I'm not doing it this trip, because I prefer to stay in, in Halifax and do some more exploring there. But it Peggy's Cove is, you can't even describe it. It's the most beautiful pictures you've ever, you've ever taken. And it's that quintessential nautical lighthouse picture. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The air is like nothing you've ever, you know, you've ever uh, breathed. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's just so special. And I, I really recommend going to Peggy's Cove if you have the time there's a few excursions that bundle it with other stops like the Titanic Cemetery, if that's something of interest. Uh, there's also the Maritime Museum. Uh, there's a few uh, churches, religious uh, buildings that you could visit. There's the Halifax Public Gardens. There's a Museum of Natural History. There's really a lot of great places um, to visit. Uh, I believe there's even a casino. 
if you haven't already lost enough on on board, you can go there. <laughs> but uh, but there's double decker bus tours and hop on hop offs that you can you can uh, opt in on, and they'll bring you to all of the top sites in Halifax. Uh, so that's an, a pretty nice way to get around the city and and see a lot in one day. Um, there's also this boardwalk down by the water, you know, the harbor area. Uh, that's nice to walk down. Typically, because you know, often I'm in Halifax late, I think in this case, they leave at uh, yeah 8 p.m. So I'll be having dinner in Halifax. There's a lot of great restaurants that you could try for dinner, more high-end uh, by the harbor. And uh, if that's something you're interested in, I, I get it. I respect the people that are having every meal on board because they've paid for their cruise. I get it. I cruise, uh, I cruise a lot and I enjoy, you know, I enjoy eating off the ship, uh, in many cases. And this, this port works out well because we're docked late and I have a really uh, good opportunity to, to eat off, uh, on, on in port. And so I've been to places like, uh, Restaurante Amano, the bicycle thief, you know, anyone that's been Halifax, you've heard these names because they're somewhat overrated, but, they're the, the restaurants that are closest to the ship, uh, to where the ship's dock. And, um, and they are good. They are really good. So I haven't re- quite uh, arrived at where I want to eat this time around, uh, but I'm, I'm sure I'll find, a, find something close to that area, to the harbor area. Uh, Garrison Brewing Company is also great. I'm sorry. I'm, this is a, a brewery tour of Canada, but uh, this is right outside where the ship, uh, where the, the, right outside the terminal. So it's close to where the ship docks. Um, you know, it's obviously been strategically built for cruise passengers. And so Garrison Brewing Company is great. You have to stop. Um, there's a lot of great beers on tap. Uh, you can buy cases to go and, and, uh, they get a little store area if you want some merchandise, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool place. Uh, there's also Alexander Keith's brewery, which is in, more in the downtown area of Halifax. That was established in 1820. It's crazy. Uh, I've been there, but I've been um, without having uh, purchased a tour or arranged a tour. And there's no bar, unfortunately. So if you just go to the brewery, they'll sell you cans to go, and then you kind of have to walk outside and find an alley and, and feel like you're breaking the you know break. And I, maybe I am breaking the law. I don't know, but <laughs> I found an alleyway and, and enjoyed a, a beer on my own terms. Uh, if you want to to uh, to really do it officially, you can book a tour online on their website, show up for it, and as part of the tour, it includes a tasting. So I don't know what the local laws are, but that was, I guess, that was their opportunity to to provide uh, sampling. Uh, so you have to be officially booked with the tour, but. Um, but yeah, Halifax is a great place. There's a lot to do there and uh, really I'll just, I'll just round it out. Uh, this cruise is one of my favorites. I'm, you know, everyone's so used to, well, at least I am so used to the beach destinations. You know, we heard it in the last episode, uh, where we talked about Alaska. It, this is, this is like that, right? You're not going to be at the beach in Halifax, but, and you can actually, if you wanted to, but the, Water's going to be freezing cold, um, but the uh, the cruises to places like Canada and Alaska, you know, Norway, uh, Iceland, you know, the 
they're not they're not like any other uh, Caribbean style beach vacation, um, but they're special in their own way. And so this has a uh, this is really something I enjoy. Like I said, I went a few times last year, and uh, looking forward to this cruise uh, coming up this year as well, um, because I really am excited to get back to Canada. Uh, just a mellow cruise. There's it just seems like uh, it's a very mellow, small-town vibe um, in these ports, and no one's heckling you at all, right? It's all very civilized. Canada and U.S., uh, small-town uh, people, so you're not going to have any issues. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited for this. All right, and that's enough of Canada and New England. I hope uh, I hope I, I gave you something to think about, and maybe you learned a few things, but... Uh, I want to pivot now to um, MSC. I, you know, we've talked about it already on this show. Uh, I had the opportunity to sail on the Maravilla in uh, end of May, early June. That was my first experience on MSC um, as part of uh, their commitment to sailing year-round from New York. Uh, that's what attracted me, and I've heard a lot about MSC and wanted to experience it for myself. Uh, to round out this episode... I'd like to give you my top five, uh, top five on MSC, and maybe let's make it specifically about the Maravilla. Of course, there's a lot of specificity. Uh, you could make it about the Maravilla sailing out of New York to the Bahamas, but anyway, you'll you'll uh, you'll you can decide for yourself uh, what this applies to. But I will share you uh, share with you the top five highlights and what I really enjoyed. Uh, about my cruise. Um, so that cruise in particular went to uh, Port Canaveral, uh, Nassau, Bahamas, and their private island, Ocean K, back and then back up to, to Brooklyn. So um, what I'll say is is number uh, number five, and I'll work, uh, work up to, to uh, number one. Uh, number five is Ocean K. Ocean K was a great in my opinion, great private island. Uh, it delivered what it promised. And um, for me, it was a great uh, opportunity to be one with nature, to really go down to the core of a beach day. Uh, it wasn't this built-up version of a private island. I won't mention any other islands, but you know uh, many of them are more commercialized, uh, and, uh, and, you know, have all of these add-ons that you can pay to do. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, there's, there's a benefit to having that. But at the same time, I saw Ocean K as a breath of fresh air and uh, a beach day, really at its core. And um, there are plenty of bars scattered around the island, food trucks. Uh, I did not opt uh, for the buffet, I did hear that there are quite a few lines often at the buffet on the island. So I went with the food truck, um, the food truck options, and I had a great day on Ocean K. Uh, coming in at number four, I would say is the nightlife. Yeah, the nightlife. So as lack as as there is a lack of programming on MSC, from what I gather from other opinions and other people. Um, on the Maravilla, specifically that week, um, there was no lack of nightlife. I mean, you had the parties that were organized by the cruise you know, program staff, uh, but what 
I really enjoyed was the after parties in um, the, uh, I think it's, um, I can't remember the back of the ship, the, the name of that area, but the, the adults only area in the back of the Maravilla uh, might've been horizon horizon bar bar and, uh, and lounge area. So by day that's your adults only area, plenty of loungers in the stadium style layout and seating. Uh, and that's their nightclub. You know, we got lucky. There was great weather that uh, that sailing. It never rained really at night. It was one day that it did uh, did shortly, and then it, and then it, uh, it it was fine. It was a short period of time, so uh, we were lucky because we really could enjoy that outdoor area. And I I loved it. I'm so used to these cramped nightclubs on board uh, ships. You know, these dark, cramped, stuffy nightclubs. And I saw this as a, a really great, uh, great option. We were outside until two, three in the morning, um, and uh, the bar staff was really great. They were the highlight of my cruise, and uh, it was a very different cruise for me because I like to party, but I don't often do it every night and until two or three in the morning. And on this ship, uh, on this particular sailing, I was finding myself sleeping in late. And by late, I mean like 10, 30, 11, um, and then like staying up until two thirty, three o'clock. And so it was a very different kind of cruise for me. I felt like I was on college, uh, you know, spring break, but, um, the nightlife, uh, especially in the nightclub was really a highlight of my cruise. Similarly, I couldn't have great nightlife without a great drink package. And so that's coming in at number three. I didn't bundle it with the with the uh, cruise itself and they're doing what a lot of cruise lines are doing uh, and they're bundling, you know, drinks and Wi-Fi as part of your cruise fare. Uh, I priced out both options. I priced out the bundled package um, and then I priced out the cabin itself plus the drink package. And so uh, for me, it was more affordable to buy the cruise itself and then add on the drink package. What I also like about MSC is they're giving you a lot of uh, different drink packages, right? So there's, I think, three. There's like the basic that is like no name brand alcohol. You know, you're only allowed to really order a rum and Coke. and You can't specify what kind of rum you want. I believe the only beer that's offered as part of that lower package, lower tier package is the Heineken. Uh, so that really wasn't for me. I, you know, I'm, I do enjoy, uh, do enjoy uh, specifying my brand, uh, the uh, brand of liquor, and uh, and having more options. So I went with the middle tier uh, package, which I think it allowed up to thirteen dollars. It was based on spend, right? At that second tier, it was based on okay, everything's included up to X number of dollars, and I want to say it was thirteen. And then you had the super premium package, which I think included up to another dollar amount, if not everything on the ship. Um, so I think there was some flexibility there. If you're not a big drinker, if you like drinking Heineken, for example, you can really get that package for a steal, for a bargain, because uh, I think it was you know only like 300 and something dollars for the week. So I think that's a really good proposition uh, versus the other cruise lines that are coming in at $55 a day, $60 a day, plus gratuities. Uh, you know, there is an opportunity on MSC to get on board 
and drink uh, still unlimited, but within the within the, the boundaries of, of that package. So you just have to know what package to get, make sure it suits your drinking needs, and, and you'll be good to go. Coming in at number two, is, I'd say, is the ship layout and design. We've mentioned it before. The MSC product itself, in terms of the the cruise ship, is like no other. I mean, it was a beautiful ship. Very elegant. You know, you walked around very, uh, you know, felt high-end. You know, the, the, the staircases, the granite everywhere, um, the artwork, everywhere you looked, you know, there was there was something to to admire. And when you walked around that ship, to me, it felt like almost going back to the roots of cruising, right? The core of these transatlantic crossings where everyone's dressed in ball gowns and tuxedos. Like, to me, that would fly on this, on this, on the MSC uh, product and the MSC ship. It was really something to admire. You felt good, you know, walking around the ship. And uh, and seeing really how elegant cruising can be, and the, the ships were, the ship Meravilia specifically was really gorgeous. And coming in at number one, and I think is what makes MSC really a, a good choice and something you should consider um, in the future is their pricing. So I think what can set themselves apart from the other cruise line is their pricing opportunities. So I know recently they're now going up in, in some of their prices, but uh, when I cruised, it really was a, a super affordable cruise, um, nothing compared to the other cruise lines at the time. So I think that, um, you know, you have to go in with an open mind. Obviously, we mentioned it before on the show. Uh, there are thing, a lot of things that I did not like about MSC. I don't want to paint the picture as that uh, as, as MSC is my favorite cruise line and, and everything was spectacular. It's not the case, but I think with what they're offering you and at the price they're offering it, it really is a a great choice and something I'll consider in the future. And that's it. That's my top, uh, top five on MSC. Uh, and, uh, and I think we're just about at time. So I'll leave you, uh, I'll leave you here and don't forget to send us your emails, right? I think we've got, uh, we received a few, uh, since our last episode, and so the next time that Tommy and I are are uh, co-hosting, we will we will respond to those emails. Uh, in the meantime, feel free to send us additional uh, additional comments. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Uh, we do look forward to receiving your emails, and uh, it, it, it I think it w- will really be an essential part of the show. And I'm looking forward to to that. Um, so yeah, stay engaged, stay stay uh, stay with us uh, as we work through some of these kinks. And I hope you uh, you know I hope you stick around. You guys are the absolute best. Boat drinks. There's a place where the boat is from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat is from. Take one part sand. One part sea and one part shade of a nana tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy
sure right there There's a perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down, down in the sand where it's cool Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the so get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat